yo, yo. Welcome into the, the Bell Ringer podcast with Kai Carlin and Cameron Fields. We are presented by Sixers Wire at USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, Kai, with my guy, Cam. What's going on, Cam? Hey, how you doing, Kai? We're, what, in week two of quarantine right now? So Week two of quarantine, man, and I've played... I played my entire rookie season on 2K15 uh, uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I'm trying to lead right. the Bobcats to the playoffs on 2K12. We're almost there. We've got a, our magic numbers down to three. <laughs> and, you know, I'm playing Call of Duty Black Ops 1 it's because that's the only Call of Duty game I have. And... Uh, I'm just surviving out here, Cam. Just out here surviving. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all you can do, man. That's all you can do. Just keep going every day. Hey, man. I mean, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There always is. So, you know, ho- hopefully the league can come back here as, as soon as possible because I got to do something. I can't just sit here all the time. Right. All right. We're going to dive right into this one, guys. Oh, by the way, in case you missed it, the last podcast, Cam and I, we had Jerome Weitzman who uh, wrote that tell-all book of the process called Tanking to the Top. We talked a little Markel Fultz on there. We talked a little um, uh, Jimmy Butler. We talked a little Bernard Gate with Brian Colangelo. All of that stuff in between. Check that out on the last podcast episode. Today's podcast episode focuses on even more drama as the Sixers managing group basically butchered anything that they had between themselves and the fans. Um, I guess we'll just kind of recap it, then we'll dive right into it. Monday night, managing partner Josh Harris came out and said, hey, we're going to slash 20% of our uh, our employees' salaries temporarily over the next couple of weeks. People didn't take that. They didn't take that one too well. Four people uh, making over 50,000, right? Yes, yes. Like, like, Like specifically. Um... But either way, and then he, uh, the other ones had a kind of like it was like a voluntary thing, like like, like for the for the other employees. If they were, if you weren't making fifty thousand, you could voluntarily give up twenty percent. Which I'm not sure why anybody would be giving up money in, like in this time. Like just the whole thing just kind of just seemed weird. Um, and then it kind of led into a thing where Joel Embiid stepped up and said, "I'm going to donate five hundred thousand dollars," and then. Uh, co-partner Michael Rubin was like, yo, I wasn't even part of this decision. I'm upset. All in all, and then Josh Harris came out and was like, yeah, you know what? After some careful reconsideration, we are going to change our mind and you guys can keep your money. It's okay. It's okay. The point is, Cam, definition of a public relations nightmare the Sixers have uh, are trying to handle right now. Yeah, man. I mean, like, it's, it's great that Joel he really stepped up and helped donate the money that he did um, to the workers. But I mean, you know, everyone needs, you know, all the help right now, especially just from their employers. And, you know, everyone kind of just needs to be, you know, like almost high school musical. We're all in this together kind of mode. Um, but I mean, you know, stay, stay very positive out there, everyone. I mean, I hope everyone's doing well and we're all going to get through this. The whole the, the thing that really messed me up though, Cam, is the fact that Josh Harris is worth three point eight billion dollars. That's billion with a B. Like we're not talking about a million or whatever, which is still a yeah. lot of money. But my man's making three point eight billion dollars, right? And 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 are you really just gonna kind of force everybody to be like, listen, I, I if you're making over fifty grand, 
we're going to cut you by 20% for the other people out there that aren't making 50 grand, you can voluntarily give up 20%. And, and just, just like the whole thing just really just seemed really unethical business, especially in a time like this one. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, they need, I mean, those people, regardless of their salary, you know, they need as much money as they can have right now because, you know, everyone, most people are working from home right now. I mean, me and you, uh, we're working from home. I mean, I work from home more, more times than not anyway, but, you know, basically a good, what, 85% probably of the workforce is working from home, I would guess. Uh, you know, uh, you know only, only so many only essential people. people out there and people need the money, all the money that they can get um, during this tough time. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that kind of really messed me up. And, I, and I'm like, and, and like you, you really kind of like, like look at the situation. And I, you know, I got to give Joel a lot of credit for being like, hey, listen, I, I'm going to step in if you guys aren't going to, and I'm going to donate $500,000 to coronavirus relief efforts and, and, and to the people out there who are getting their salaries reduced. That's a great move by Joel. I mean, we, all, we really have to just kind of really applaud what he was doing. But yeah. it shouldn't have come down to Joel stepping in and, being, and doing what he did. Meanwhile, um, you look at Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, who I think on the first night was like, hey, I'm going to make sure everybody's taken care of during this time until, you know, the, the league comes back. And then Josh Harris and uh, David Blitzer and, and the rest of that managing group outside of Michael Rubin basically just kind of dropped the ball here. And it's really not a good look, for, you know, for the whole organization as a whole at all. No, I mean, especially, you know, when the league is not, you know, active right now, um, you don't want this kind of bad publicity on your organization. I mean, you know, I mean, whether the league is active or not, you don't want it. But now this is really the main news surrounding your organization because there's no games going on or anything like that. So this is really it. Um, yeah, you don't like you said, you don't want this going on. You, I mean, and it's a, it's self-inflicted too. So, yeah, exactly. It really is, and it's bad enough that Josh Harris is actually he, he's already got a bad rep to begin with uh, amongst Sixers fans just because of you know the contracts given to Al Horford and Tobias Harris over the offseason and and how Horford hasn't exactly worked out yet. And Tobias, while he's a good player, probably isn't worth 180 million. So you, you know he he's already got like a bad rep like amongst the fan base. And then you do something like this, and that says to the fan base, wow, he does not give a damn about his employees or anything else. And then it's just, it's just really not a good, excuse me, not a good look for just, just from a public relations standpoint and how you're trying to sell tickets or, or anything like that. It's just, this is a terrible, terrible look for them. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how, um, you know, their reputation can uh, well, particularly his reputation can bounce back from this. But, um, you know, like you said, yeah, definitely not a good look right now. Yeah, de definitely not at all. And what really stood out to me was Michael Rubin coming out and, and saying, hey, yeah. you know, I I'm outraged. I wasn't even a part of this. And, 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 it's, and it's like, how, how do you how do you lack of communication? Probably. Yeah. Right, right, right. How how do you, how as an ownership group decide to come up with this idea without one of the managing partners that you know is part of how you guys run things? Yeah, I mean, the Sixers. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, this can um, 
yeah, be better for them because this isn't this this really isn't good. I mean, like you don't want to like you say you don't want to put out this kind of image where it's like, oh yeah, we're not gonna pay um, so many employees um, so much money over this like kind of emergency sort of time. I mean, this is an unprecedented sort of thing going on here. Um, I mean, I, no one has saw this coming. I mean, you know, we no one anticipated this. This isn't really something that you can prepare for. I mean, you know, so everyone's just kind of figuring it out as they go. And, and during that time, you know, you don't want people to be at a financial loss because people are already, you know, kind of stressed and um, anxious and things like that about anything just because of this weird time we're living in right now. Yeah, right. And you just mentioned it. This is a really unprecedented time. And, and to make a drastic decision such as that one concerning employee pay, just really, really not a good look. Definitely give a, a big up to Joel Embiid, though, for stepping in and, and realizing that the right thing to do was to help these people out. So definitely, you know, good on Joel terrible look for the Sixers organization you, you, you know what that's like 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 when they didn't um intrude, include Michael Rubin in it to me it was kind of like they were, it was like that group project you did in school and, and you just kind of, you just kind of did it without the one guy you were like you were yeah. like, like you're you were like hey we're gonna do this but we're not gonna include you or, or anything like you can just kind of go off to the side right. like, like that that's I don't know, like that that's what kind of reminded me of it just it was real childish you know what I'm saying? It, it, it was just like kind of just really, really childish when you when you really break it down that way. It's really, again, disappointing. Um, now that that's over, though, and, and, and speaking of it, though, the way it even ended. Oh, you know, after careful consideration, we decided to change our minds. And you know what? Everybody can, can, can have full pay, full pay. I, I, you could definitely, I, I can tell you for sure, that was definitely PR going up to like Josh and, and being like, like hey man, <laughs> hey man, this is not a good look. Like I'm telling right. you right now, you were going to get butchered. <laughs> like, yeah, like fix it. Yeah, please. And, and like that, that's pretty much all that was. I don't think it was like Josh Harris. It, it was kind of like, um, he, like he did it through his teeth, you know what I'm saying? Like he grinded his teeth, saying, "Sure, you can have your money back." Like I'm telling you, like that's what it kind of was. Just that's what it reminded me of. It, it didn't, it didn't really feel genuine, you know. Gotcha. Now, now, so now that that's over, and again, like we're kind of just like sitting here in quarantine, and I, I kind of, I did have a question for you, Cam, like, like because. Eventually, basketball will return. Hopefully, this yep. season will this season yep. will continue to move forward. The Sixers are the sixth seed right now, yeah. Which means yeah. they would have to start on the road, and they would play the three seed, the Boston Celtics, in round one. What That's kind of chance do you give them in round one? That's a loss. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I can't even like if this was. If this was last year, then I'd be like, oh, this would be a good series. But now this is this is a loss. Uh, just the way Tatum was playing before everything happened, Jason Tatum, I mean, he was balling in the whole all of February. And, I mean, you know, the Celtics, they had their injury issues with Kimball Walker having some lingering knee soreness. Uh, Jalen Brown, he, he was out here and there. 
Gordon Hayward out here and there. Uh, but if they could have got healthy for the playoffs, I mean, I thought either them uh, or Miami or maybe even Toronto had the best chance to defeat Milwaukee. And and I thought out of those three that Boston had like the best chance just because they have so many offensive weapons and they are a very uh, disciplined and skilled defensive team as well. So... I think that they would have, no, yeah, Philly, Philly wouldn't have won that series. They would have lost. They would have maybe had a gentleman sweep, lost in five games. I don't know, man. I, I honestly, I feel like Boston's probably the best matchup for them. Like, like, like in they terms are, of they are, but like, I, I can't, I can't in confidence say Philly. I mean, listen, it's fair that like they've been awful on the road this year. They're I think they're 10 and 24 on the road. Like, like if I'm not mistaken, it, it's, just, it's a, such an awful, awful road record. And Boston, as you mentioned, has a lot of like just terrific offensive options on the wing. You mentioned yeah. Brown, you mentioned Tatum, you mentioned Hayward. We can also mention Marcus Smart, who Smart has these random games where he'll hit like eight or nine three-pointers in a game. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's really random. Weird. Um, <laughs> Yeah, all the time. Because I'm like, dude, you are not this good of a three-point shooter. It'll be like, <laughs> what in the world is happening? Like, right. It'll look like, yeah, like Steph Curry one game or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you are not this good of a three-point shooter. I just I don't go, understand it. He'll go back down to earth and hit like two. two yeah, he'll shoot there. like two for eight or like two for seven or something. And you're like, that's Marcus Smart. Anywho, I, I digress. That's just me, though. Um, but the way I see it is in the playoffs, you know, it's a half court game, which the Sixers half court offense is terrible, ad- admittedly. But I don't think I don't think Boston has anybody to really defend Joel Embiid if he's healthy and fully ready to go for seven games. If you don't like, think Tice can get, get after him, Tice will bother him to a certain extent, like. Yeah, like Tice is tough enough to be like, okay, Joel, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna give you this much space on the block, or you know what, Joel, I'm gonna force you to take some jump shots or or whatever it is. But Daniel Tice is nowhere near Joel Embiid's level in terms of, of of terms of anything. And and when Joel is motivated and he's healthy and ready to go, then. You know, he's clearly the best player on the floor, no, no matter what the matchup is, unless, you know, you're playing the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see them maybe lose. I, I, I just don't see them winning. But, I mean, maybe they could push it to six games if they really had a, a, a big, like, emotional game. Um, but I, I just don't see them winning that matchup. I do agree that, yeah, they, they match up with Boston – uh, pretty well. I mean, they can match up with basically anyone. I mean, the matching up with people really isn't the problem for them. It's their offense that's the problem. Um, I just don't see that offense working out enough where they could beat Boston. And, and like, listen, it's fair. Believe me, it's it's fair. That starting lineup of Simmons, Richardson, Harris, Horford, and Embiid have an offensive rating of I believe it was 106.7 per 100 possessions. That's awful. I think it's like near the bottom of the league. I'm not sure where it's ranked. I just know the number. But defensively, that starting five 
is they, they only give up 97 and a half points per 100 possessions. And they did beat Boston three out of four times. Granted, one of those came when Joel was hurt and the other one came uh, when Kemba was hurt. So, you know, like both yeah. teams really yeah. were dealing with some injuries throughout this whole season series. And in their last matchup, sure, Boston beat the crap out of Philadelphia. And they actually made Embiid, they rendered him useless. They really did. They rendered him useless in a fact to where I think Joel only had like 12 points, 14 points, something like that. It was, it was not his normal game. Um, so you kind of match that up for a seven-game series. Regular season doesn't mean squat come the playoffs, not come the playoffs. Everybody knows right. that. But if, if I had to, if I had to take a guess, I honestly would take the Sixers in six games. Like if if oh, okay. if they're if they're gonna like kind of just scrap the regular season, go into the playoffs the way they are, that is kind of like my official. That's a big upset. It is. It is. Man. I just don't see them stopping Embiid for seven games. I just don't see it. I like. I think okay. he's gonna be the X factor. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you also have to consider Al Horford. Did like they got Horford for the playoffs? Now Horford and Embiid have had their issues. Had like a, a bad season though. He's had. A um, bad. Listen, mean, believe me. I know, I know, I hear you. But when it comes down to it, though, come playoff time, and you know what, Doc Rivers actually said this to us uh, back in L- in LA at the beginning of March. Doc Rivers was asked, like, "Hey, Al Horford." How's he working out? And Doc Rivers was like, oh, come playoff time, it's going to be perfect. He's going to be an absolutely perfect fit there. He's a basketball player. If they're healthy, the Sixers are going to cause some issues. And now, granted, coach speak, sure. But the way I see it is, like, come play, come playoff time, like, it just the game's a little different. And that is where Horford's yeah, – it, it is. Where, like, Horford's little, like, intricacies – that like really don't get shown in the regular season, they're gonna come out in the playoffs. Fair enough. Fair enough. So now in, in terms of them being Milwaukee. No. Cam, I gotta be completely honest with you. I'm not a Milwaukee believer. I'm not Okay, I'm not I'm not necessarily either. That's why I think Boston could like beat them, beat them. Okay. Like I'm not I'm not full on in Milwaukee. But they are the team to beat to me. They are. They're the one seed. Yeah, they're the team to beat in the East. But and, and I, could, I could see them being beat. I'm not going to say they can't be beat. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you. Eric Bledsoe come playoff time, you know, like he craps his pants every time, every time the playoffs start. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a Chris Middleton believer. Yeah, me neither. I'm me neither. I mean, listen, Chris Middleton is a – he's an all-star, but he's kind of like an all-star because of Giannis, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, a notch – like, a barely a notch above Tobias. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Like, slightly above Tobias, but, like, it's close. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll, like, like, I'll probably say that. And, and, like, one of those things to where, like – I mean, like – you don't get scared of Chris Middleton, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Exactly. like, exactly. But like, I will say this: I mean, Chris Middleton had that crazy. What do you have? Fifty-one points against the Wizards or whatever earlier in the season. Like that. 
like, 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 again, like that's cool and all, but come playoff time, his playoff numbers have always been up and down. I don't, I'm not really a big believer in Brooke Lopez either. And then you got Wesley Matthews. Uh, Brooke Lopez, he was, oh, he was balling the last playoffs. Listen, he was good. He was, he was good. Like, he was good, but he had his issues with Marcus All in the conference finals against Toronto. Yeah. But and then, was, I mean, I, I mean, Toronto was the better team. Well, yeah, yeah, Toronto. Toronto, Toronto had Kawhi. I mean, I mean, like they had, you know, when you got Kawhi, you're in a pretty good spot. But the way I see it, the way I see it, if Philadelphia is to somehow, and I think they will, get past Boston, then who would be their round two? Either it would probably be Toronto again. Two seven. It's the two seven. So uh, it would be Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, like like Brooklyn or or Brooklyn's not going to upset Toronto, not without Kyrie and all the injuries they're dealing with. So it will be Toronto. Yeah. So you get a rematch with Toronto without Kawhi. Hmm. That is a bit easier to manage, but still very hard because Toronto is another great defensive team. They're great defensively. They are, and I feel like. That would be the series that I think would be tougher for them just because of Gasol and Siakam. Like Gasol, they Gasol has fallen off though. He has, but he knows how to defend Joel. Like this isn't Marcus All from like, you know. That is true. That, like this isn't Marcus All from Memphis, where he's like one of the best centers in the game on either end of the floor. But if we're talking about Marcus All just kind of specifically on what he does, Gasol Joel did go scoreless against Toronto earlier in the year. That's and good point. Now, granted, again, regular season stuff happens regular season, but Joel did go scoreless. And then even in their one win over them, he didn't exactly play all that well either. He didn't, he didn't like have a classic throwback Joel Embiid type game. So I feel like Toronto would be a tougher matchup for Philly than say a Boston. But again, if they were able to get past Toronto and we got oh, matchup, lot of firepower man they do because uh, oh okay i got a question for you though real quick fred van vliet how much money are you giving him in free agency this summer and free agency i was just talking about this with some friends too like how much do you give like an above average player right and for how, and for how long uh see i'd give him like a three-year deal probably around what maybe 90 million around there maybe see like like i'll be honest with you like like that sounds pretty reasonable now i saw i saw a report that like saw that said detroit was going to go after him like like, like in the offseason yeah, to kind of yeah. like be their point guard or whatever or a whole bunch of money at him exactly so you're going to be looking at a guy who let's see fred van Lee, you just mentioned you just said three years 90 million i'd have to agree with you <clears throat> A team like Detroit, who's not smart, would be like, here, we're going to give you a hundred and like Five. 20 million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, going <to> give you, <laughs> we're going to give you the max, Fred. We're going to give you the max. Just something stupid like that. Oh, I, was, just, yeah, I was just talking about this with some friends, like about contracts, about bad contracts. For, yeah, above, above average players, yeah. I'm telling you, man, Fred VanVleet's going to be the next one. 
Fred Van Bleet's going to be paid might, a whole I, I, lot of money. Right. You might be right. Yeah. I think you're right on that one. Yeah. Fred Van Bleet's going to be the next one. Like, he's going to be the next Tobias Harris to where, like, he's an yeah. above average player, good player, but do you really want to give him $140 million or whatever the hell is you're, you're, you're trying to give him? Yeah. When in reality, you should maybe just give him $90 million and just call it a day. Like, three years, $90 million. Jeez. That's still thirty million a year. Wow. I think I feel like that's within. I feel like that's like right on the head for his, for what he brings. Like you know, I feel like that's right in the wheelhouse for the, for the price for what his contract should warrant. I mean, you know, but. I mean, he listen. He he's a good player though. So I mean, you're absolutely right. I think he is. I mean, I mean, listen. We all saw we did in the finals. I mean, it actually kind of started in the conference finals. You know, Fred Junior was born. And then all of a sudden, Fred Senior couldn't miss, which right, I thought was right. which I thought was insane to me. Like like the, the the secret to balling out in the playoffs is to have a baby. Like 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 midway through the playoffs, that's the secret. It was it was so strange. Um, but Toronto this year, I feel like you're, you're going to be relying a lot on Siakam. You're going to be relying a lot on Van Vliet yeah. and Lowry. Lowry, yeah. And, and you also have to hope that Kyle Lowry can actually continue his play from last year in the playoffs because remember Lowry's issue was the playoffs every single year up until about maybe midway through the 2018 playoffs was kind of like when he kind of began to rise up a little bit and kind of break out of that shell but now without but last year he had Kawhi Leonard to lean on this year he doesn't so I I feel like there's gonna be a lot of questions surrounding Toronto yeah he has Pascal but I mean obviously Pascal isn't Kawhi Leonard so, I mean, you know, Pascal is like first time All Star this year, but he's not at that superstar level yet. Uh, we don't know if he's gonna. He might not ever be at that superstar level, but he's. I mean, I talk about levels. You know, Chris Middleton's above Tobias Harris, and Pascal's above Chris Middleton to me. Yeah, in my opinion. But uh, I mean, there's. I mean, there's levels to this, so we'll have to see how Toronto would fare. You know, once the playoffs. Uh, whenever the playoffs start, I mean, he he said there's levels to this shit, young and <laughs> he said there's levels to this shit. You got you got Pascal on one, and you got like Chris Middleton, and then you got um Tobias, and then you got AD above Pascal. Fair enough, man. There's I mean, listen, there's levels to this. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's fair enough. Listen, I totally agree with you. Just the way you were saying it, you were like, listen, there's levels to this shit, youngin. Like, there's some shit you got to learn. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. So, if you had a pick, though, like, because I really do believe the season, if my gut tells me that we're going to have basketball back by mid-June, it's I actually, no, I'll say first week of June. That's going to kind of be my gut. And And it's specifically because... I feel like people are finally beginning to understand, like, yo, we got to stay inside. Right, like, like right. we, we, we've really got to continue, like, doing this to try to get normalcy back. And apparently, and like, I kind of, um, I guess I saw a report that, like, numbers are beginning to go down in terms of cases, at, at least, at least in New Jersey. Like, I, I don't know what it's, what it's been like, you know, throughout other states, but. Right. Um, in New Jersey, over the past couple of days, our numbers have dropped in in, in terms of yeah. cases. 
So I, I feel like people are finally like beginning to kind of realize, hey, we should probably stay inside and wait until this thing gets over. So that gives me hope that basketball can return this season. And I'm and my gut says end of May, beginning of June. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like June, yeah, the beginning of the June is a reasonable, uh, um, you know, estimation. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of, that's going to be my final prediction. I'm going to roll with it and I'm going to speak it into existence. Uh, as the kids like to say, I'm going to speak it into existence the end of May, beginning of June. Manifestation. Yeah, yeah, manifestation is our destiny, manifest destiny, not all that other crap that like we learned growing up that that nonsense and, and shit like or, or or that scene at night night at the museum uh i don't know oh, if you've seen it yeah yeah, well, with, with, yeah with, with with ben stiller and owen wilson plays the cowboy and he keeps screaming about manifest destiny like, like when he tries to keep, take him out of his like yeah museum thing it was wild um but when we do get black basketball back cam nba finals prediction like like who's your kind of East West, uh, who you got there? I'm gonna stick with um I'm gonna say Lakers and Bucks. Or not. Um, I don't know. It's just so hard because it's like, okay, we don't know how they're gonna be when they come back. Because right. it's gonna be it's it's gonna be such a long layoff, regardless. Like we're gonna be it's gonna be at least a month. Yeah. Month layoff. So we don't know what it's going to be like when they come back. Like, the Bucks could be, like, not as good, or the Lakers are, I don't know. I mean, you know, you could have maybe a whole new team, like, kind of rise up or something. I, I don't know. I don't know, but. I'm rolling with the Lakers. Rolling with the Lakers out west. But then again, the Clippers are deep. So it's like, oh, I'll roll with the Lakers. I'll roll with the Lakers. You got LeBron. You got Davis. I, I can't see anybody beating the Lakers in seven games. Um, out east is tough, man, because we just kind of went down the Bucks roster, and the 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 Bucks are just kind of like you know, you got Giannis, but then outside of Giannis, like we talked about, we talked about our levels. Is Chris Middleton going to step up? Is Eric Bledsoe going to play well? Brooke Lopez, Wesley Matthews, is the bench going to do anything? And then you got Philadelphia with all of their issues, and you got Boston with all their injury issues. You got Toronto without Kawhi, and then you got Miami, who. Could get there. Not enough not offense. Not enough. Not enough. Like they have a good collection, but compared to other teams, it's just it's just not there. Yeah, outside of Jimmy, I mean, yeah. like you, like I mean, Duncan Robinson is a terrific three point shooter. Kendrick Nunn's a good player, but right. these guys are un, unproven in the playoffs. Like they've right. never been there. Um, right. What about Indiana? Nah. Well, I mean, if Victor Oladipo comes, I mean, he's back. Nah, Mm-mm. they're they're up and down. They're too up and down. But I mean, like if, they, if Oladipo, they came, they they struggled against the Cavs. Damn, that is fair. That that is a very good point, Cam. They're too up and down. That 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 is. And the Cavs and the Cavs, to their credit, they they before the hiatus, they were ro- they were doing pretty good. They were making some real strides. Right. Um. Nah, not Indiana. Not Indiana. Damn, I love Victor Oladipo, man. I just want him to succeed. I just want him to succeed, man. All right, okay. Well, all right, 
What what about this? What about this one? What if because Indiana's dealing with injuries too? What if this time allows them to get Brogdon fully healthy, all the depot yeah, fully yeah. healthy, and then you know, Sabonis and Turner, and then oh, what was That's, Jeremy Lamb? Health health is like the issue with them. I will say that. What was Jeremy Lamb's injury? Like, is he's definitely out for the year? I forget, but I think he is out, like, basically in debt. I think he is, yeah, out for a while. Like, like, like I, know, I know it was a serious, serious injury, but I'm not sure if it was an injury to where, like, because of this layoff, he could come back. Like, one of those yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Ted, it, never mind. It was a torn ACL. Uh, <laughs> it was, okay. a, it was uh, a torn ACL. It's a wrap. Um, mm, I want to give Indiana the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm going to include Indiana as a dark horse, Cam. I can't do it. I'm going to include the Pacers like, as a dark horse. Like I said, I mean, even though they are struggling, I mean, like, the cat, like, they're not, I mean, the Cavs, someone like the Cavs, they're they're coming up. They're going to be up in about two years, two or three years, I would say. You believe in the Cavs like that? I think if they if they draft right, if they draft right and do what they need to do, get, like, a wing – who can play serviceable defense and who can get buckets, then they'll be all right. And mm-hmm. they need shooting. They need shooting too. They need someone who can shoot. I mean, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan went in there. He had a lost season because uh, of the injury he had. Um, but you know, hopefully he can come back um, for the next season. So. Mm. So it sounds like they need somebody like me. I'm a walking bucket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Porter I'm, Jr. He's a he. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a walking bucket. Watch Kevin Porter Jr. Man, he's Kevin he's Porter Jr. is good. Colin Sexton. He's been doing great. I mean, towards the back half of this season. Um, and then Darius Garland. I believe in him as well. Um, you know, there are some like uh, there's some skepticism with him, and because he's not you know shooting very well, but. I think that he has good vision. Um, I think that he's going to be a good playmaker, and I and I, I've compared him to kind of like a young Chris Paul. I think that's they have similar play styles in the way they like kind of play the game. I think it's very aside from the defense part, um, it's like very young Chris Paul like to me, and not so much the Damian Lillard that he was compared to um, during the draft and all that. I can see Chris Paul. I can definitely see Chris, some Chris Paul and Darius Garland. Yeah. That, honestly, like, they're one team that's definitely got to keep my eye on. Listen, they got to give it to Andre Drummond, though. Andre Drummond's not good. Andre Drummond, I've been trying yeah, to say this to everybody. It's kind of hard to get a read on him. He's not good. Believe me, he's not. He's not He's not, not good. He's not, he's, he is a solid player, but I don't think he's anyone you can build around. He's like the 14th best center in the game. Like, you can name 13 centers better than Andre Drummond. If you're a top 15 center, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. Like, okay, but think about it, though. Think about it, though. Like, okay. Andre Drummond, he only really has one real NBA skill, and that's rebounding. And, and like, he does that. And post up. Cam. He can post up. Cam. He can post up. No, he can't. He's not like as as footwork oriented 
but he does know how to create space. Yeah, because he's strong, sure, but he can't finish. He can't shoot free throws. He's there are two often times where he tries to go one on one with somebody, goes to the rim and misses badly. And he's an he's a solid player. I'm not gonna say he's like overwhelming. <laughs> like he's a solid player. Like he's not he's not a scrub at all. He's not a scrub. Oh no, he's a scrub, bro. He's a scrub. No. <laughs> now you're getting ridiculous. No. He's a scrub. He's most definitely not a scrub. Listen, I will gladly take John Henson and Brandon Knight for Andre Drummond. I was so happy when Ed Stefanski and Dwayne Casey pulled the trigger on that deal. That was mm. That was good basketball right there. Great job by the Pistons. Pretty much screwed the Cavaliers right right, right there, giving them a, a bad center in Andre Drummond. So <laughs> He's not someone you build around, but he's what I call a complimentary starter. He's like Tobias. He's the center version of Tobias. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Okay, that's Cam. What that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. I'll agree with that. There's a bunch of complimentary starters like that in the league. I will agree with that. I will agree with that. One of my best friends, that like, he just swears Andre Drummond's like a top five center. And uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he just believes Drummond is like this terrific player. And, and it's like, dude, I can name like 14, maybe 13, 14 centers better than him. And he's like, I no way. About, I don't know about 14. That might be a little high, but like. What? All right, let's go down the list. Let's go down the list. I know, that might be a little high. I mean, like, listen, listen. I, 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 I have, I, I've come up with this list in my head for the past like month. Oh, okay. Let me hear it then. Let me hear it. All right, we have Embiid. We got Towns. We have Jokic. We have Gobert. We have Gobert. We have Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic, when he's healthy, is better than him. We have Clint Capella, who's better than him. Stephen Adams. Um, Miles Turner's better than him. Marcus Alls uh, is better than him. Is is Miles Turner better than Andre Drummond? Miles Turner's better than Andre Drummond, my guy. Come on now. Uh, what what else? That's about that's almost even. No, that's nearly even. No way, dude. I would take Dwight Powell over Andre Drummond. Yeah, and I'm being real about that. Stop it. I would take Dwight Powell over Andre. Dwight Powell is a rim runner, and that's it. He also shoots threes. Andre can't. He thinks he can, but he can't. Just, mm. Okay. Come on, Cam. He doesn't affect winning. He doesn't. He doesn't. Andre Drummond will give you 30 and 30. Look at look at the teams he's been on, though. He's made the playoffs twice. Yeah, but it's been low seeded. It's been low seed. The best uh, player he played with is Blake Griffin. Whoa. Are we just going to forget about 2016 Reggie Jackson? Stop it. You're saying day. Reggie Jackson is better than Blake Griffin? Reggie Jackson in 2016 led the league in fourth quarter scoring. He right. was one of the I'm most more trying, clutch players I'm in the league. I'm not trying to diss Reggie Jackson, but... He is not better than Blake Griffin. No, no, no. Like, 
Okay, let me let me take that back. He's he's not. But no. the 2016 version of Reggie Jackson was really good. Oh my gosh! Here we oh. go. The 2016 version. I'm just saying. You can take at least three or four different versions of Blake Griffin and be like, "That's better than Reggie Jackson's whole career." <laughs> Yes, I agree. You're 100% right. Yeah, yeah. But specifically, specifically though, we're talking about Andre Drummond's time in Detroit, right? So Had one, he's played with one like great player, and then now he's playing with Kevin Love at the end of Love's prime. And Kevin Love, Love can still play. Love is at the end of his prime. Kevin Love can still play. I mean, like, he's not, not a star saying, anymore. I'm not saying he can't, but he's at the end of the prime. Yeah, yeah. He's he's still good, but it's not – this is not mid-2010s Kevin Love. Mm. Man, not, Kevin Love is really good. This is not Minnesota Kevin Love. Mm. He still can play. He still can play. But there are some nights where it's like – where is he at? <laughs> he said, where is he at? <laughs> just telling you. I'm just telling you. Where are you, Kevin Love? Where are you? But, um, listen, Andre Drummond, I, I just I just don't think he's all that good. I just really don't. All right. All right. But I, t- I, I told you he's center Tobias. Like, listen, I'll take, like I guess I would definitely take Turner over him. I would definitely take Marcus Gasol over him. I'll take Jared Allen over him too. Oh my gosh, that's so many people. That's what I'm saying. I can name like 14 centers better than him. Look, Jared Allen can. Oh, play Bam out of bio too. Oh, oh yeah, no, of course. But ben, look, Jared Allen plays defense. He plays yeah. defense. Yeah, okay. Drummond can't. Drummond is not a horrid defender. He, yeah, he doesn't it's get the horrid. He doesn't get the blocks that Jared Allen does, but he does know how to use his body to close up space. He can be a presence. You know what I just realized? We just spent the last like eight minutes talking about Andre Drummond. <laughs> we need the NBA season to come back. Please. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. We just spent eight minutes talking about Andre Drummond. Oh, man. I mean, listen, Cam, at least it wasn't Rudy Gay. At least it wasn't Rudy Gay. I'm not even going to go down that road. <laughs> I, got I got opinions on people slandering him, too. So, Oh, my God. We're going to save that for another podcast, then, because I, Rudy Gay is terrible. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna end it there today. Oh man, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you check out SixersWire.com for all of your Philadelphia 76ers updates and analysis and news. Um, Cam always hits us with some good analytical pieces. He did one over the summer when the Sixers acquired Josh Richardson. Uh, he did like a terrific piece on that over the summer when that was uh, when that deal was official. Uh, so there's always some good stuff on our site. Also, make sure and you check of, out Cam stuff. None of that ended up happening. None of that ended up happening. I just realized that. Yeah, it really <laughs> did. Damn, I hyped you up hard as hell too, Cam. But like now that you mention it, like damn, it really didn't. No, because I was I was thinking back all to all those articles I wrote over the summer. I wrote the Al Horford one. I wrote the D'Angelo Russell one, and I was like, 
all of that did not happen. Dude, what a weird year. What all a weird year. Oh, my God. Because you know what? You're right. Because I remember reading something like, like you wrote on Josh and you were like, and, and you said something about like Josh being the like the three point shooter of, of this team or something like that. I thought he would be, I thought, well, not his role, but I thought yeah. he was like a leading kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And not just like down, but he can he can hit it. Like, you know. Yeah, like Josh like Josh Richardson's not a sharpshooter, but like he's a good three point shooter though. Like he can hit it. Damn. What a weird year, dude. This this year has just been weird from the offseason to China to Kobe to the coronavirus. This has been the by far the weirdest season in the NBA ever. Yeah. What a weird time. Anyway. Check out SixersWire.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will see you guys next time. Hey.